Hi, and welcome to this week's edition of Tech Takeaways. So on this week's show, we're lucky enough to have with us yet another guest. But before we get to him, uh, let's introduce my co-hosts, as always, uh, Jason and Wayne. Hi, chaps. How are you doing? Hi. Yeah, great. Hi. Yeah, well, n- nice to have you. Thanks for coming. Um, it, it's, it's always a joy. <laughs> welcome. Um, but uh, on, on this week's show, and this is going to be first of um, a special two-parter, uh, we're joined by our special guest from Sofos, John Hope. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm really well. Thank you very much indeed. I'm super excited to be at an actual podcast studio as well. <laughs> I'm, I'm no stranger to podcasting, but it's generally in my home office. So this is, so this is great. It's very exciting. Well, we were discussing earlier on about um, how normally you do these things in your bedroom and then thought it was safe not to talk about what you do in your bedroom. <laughs> Probably for yeah, the best. we felt that was better. <laughs> so, um, but no, John, great, great to have you with us today. Um, and so maybe before we get started, why don't you, uh, for the audience, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure thing. Um, so my name's John Hope. I'm Senior Technology Evangelist at Sophos. Um, I've been at Sophos since 2011. I've um, done lots of different jobs during that time. Um, and yeah, my current role is all about public speaking, letting people know the best practices around cybersecurity and, and obviously talking about some of the things that we do in terms of products and services at Sophos. That's handy. And that, that you left out appearing on podcasts in professional podcast environments. Oh, like indeed. I'll add that to the <laughs> list. Yeah, get that on the CV. So, yeah. um, so well, why, why don't we just jump into the topic? And, and Wayne, you know, it's, we, often what we try to do with the shows is kind of get um, get the educating Wayne version of the show together. So, <laughs> so why don't we start with, you know, some, maybe some questions you've got around cybersecurity and maybe the kind of the, the current landscape and, and current threats. Uh, word, I mean, we always kind of try and refer back to discovery calls that we've had over the past couple of weeks. So a topic um, for me anyway is resource um, is, is, is one of the hot things that we're finding out now. So quite a few discovery calls we've had over the past two or three weeks has been um, about the resource available to deal with cyber incidents and any advice that we can um, share with people. So that's probably a good starting point. So, yeah, so is, so is that something that you're seeing a, a, a lot of and, you know, and, and how are you seeing the organisations as, as trying to deal with that problem? Yeah, it certainly is something we see a lot of. Um, there are so many facets and attributes to cybersecurity that it's really difficult to be on top of all of those disciplines proactively. Never mind if an incident occurs and then all of a sudden you've got to start thinking about how you restore, how you get back up and running. That's when you really need as many boots on the ground as possible. So yeah, resources are a perpetual challenge. And there's, there's no organization I can think of that has a, a surplus of highly trained cybersecurity professionals that are just sitting around waiting for an attack to kick off. That's just not the reality. And if we did know who we are, we'd all be giving them a shout. So, you know, that surplus of security professionals you've yeah, got, any chance them? we could borrow yeah, some. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe, you know, I, I mean, we can, obviously resourcing is a problem and, and, and a lot of that is due to kind of the, the complexity of, of the problem. And, and one of the things that I know you talk about a lot is kind of the current cybersecurity landscape. So, mm-hmm. so you know, in, in terms of kind of current threats, um, what, what you're seeing organisations most concerned about alongside things like resourcing. You know, what, what's kind of the landscape as you see it today? It's probably quite a predictable answer, but ransomware is the big, is the big thing. Mm-hmm. Every organisation is and rightly should be concerned about ransomware. That is by far and away the most significant cybersecurity challenge that's happening right now. John, just on that, on ransomware. So, you know, when, when, we, when we mention ransomware, you know, people often think, it's someone getting into my network, encrypting all my files. Is that is that still the same now as it was a couple of years ago? Or, uh, I mean, has ransomware itself changed? There's a couple of things that have changed with, with ransomware. Absolutely, yeah. And it's really because of the way the criminal gangs are so highly organised. Okay. And if you wind the clock back to when ransomware was originally first making its way onto the scene, yeah. 
it was individuals operating in isolation. And now what we've seen is those individuals, they've coalesced into cybersecurity gangs. And if you look now at the, the quantities of ransomware that are out there, almost all of it comes from a major cybersecurity gang. And what that means is the cyber criminals, they get economies of scale effectively. So the barrier to launching ransomware is much lower now because there's a whole team of people that can do it, they can do it quickly, that it's it's you know almost like a knee-jerk process and reaction. And that has the net effect that all of a sudden ransomware is not an enterprise problem anymore. You know, and there is a, an element of bias that I think we all have in our heads because you look in the media and you see major corporations getting hit by ransomware. But actually a lot of the time it's it's small individual organizations that are they're much they're not headline grabbers. But they're getting hit because now the cyber criminals can do it and, and the cost of doing it is much lower. The cyber criminals are motivated by return on investment in the same way that legitimate businesses are. They look at what is my likely return versus how much effort do I have to put in to launch the attack. And yeah, the criminal gangs coalescing into groups like that has really lowered that barrier. So there's your one significant change. The other one is a move to different types of extortion. So you mentioned the classic ransomware where yeah. uh, cybercrimes get into an organization, they encrypt all your data and you you pay the money, you get a key. To get you, your files back. And you hope you get, but you hope you, you get hope your files maybe. back. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But because of cybersecurity measures like intercept text, dare I say it, and then also because of things like backups, um, the cyber criminals started to experience a bit of a downturn in, in the number of people that were paying. Because if you've got a backup, well, why would you why would you pay the crims, right? If something like your Intercept X or cybersecurity solutions protected you, again, they don't get success. So what we've started to see is a trend of um, double extortion attacks. And what I mean by double extortion attack is not only will the cyber criminals encrypt all of your data, but just before they do that, they will steal the data out of the organization. And then mm. what, what happens when the cyber criminals contact their victim is they got you one way or the other, essentially. You're either going to have to pay because you've got no other method of getting your data back, or if you decline to pay because you've got some recovery methodology, then the next threat is, well, we're just going to make this data publicly available and we'll ruin your reputation that way. Um, and obviously backup is no mitigation against that problem. So that's becoming increasingly common. In fact, about a third of attacks now that have that kind of double extortion element. Hmm. And do, do you see, um, not you personally, but does Sophos see, um, I was going to use the phrase happy ending, but maybe not. <laughs> but there's no happy ending when it comes to, to, to ransomware. But if people pay... Is WDM, do, do people, do organisations recover their files or is this just a start of a cycle that never ends? Because I think you've mentioned it before at one of the events, they're on the suckers list. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's difficult to answer that concisely, but I'll do my best. So do you get your data back is the first question. The answer to that is in most cases, you will get some data back. The cyber criminal model relies on getting data back to the victim. Otherwise, if the word got out that you weren't going to get your data back anyway, then who would pay yeah, and why yeah. would you pay? Yeah. But the reality is that criminals will invest more effort in learning how to encrypt the data than they will on how to put it back again. So you're never realistically going to get all of your data back because that's not where the focus is at. Um, in terms of whether you should pay, whether it's a quick win, the, interestingly, you will typically recover much faster by using a backup and you will typically halve the cost of a ransomware incident if you've got a decent mm. backup. Um and yes, coming back to your point as well, you know, besides the moral and ethical argument associated with paying the criminals off, because you are effectively perpetuating the problem if you yeah. if you pay the criminals off. Um, you've also then got the problem that you are likely to end up on a sucker list. 
Um, and what, what I mean by suckerless, if you've not heard the expression before, is essentially a cyber criminal CRM system. So you will be in a database because you are susceptible to ransomware. And if you paid the criminals off, that means that you probably don't have decent backups and your processes are on there. So you actually become a victim again and again and again in many cases because they know that you're a soft touch, essentially. I always wonder what CRM stood for, Cyber Criminal Resource Management. Now I know. It may um, as well in some circumstances. Criminal yeah, Records yeah. Management. Um, I mean, yeah. I think what's very good, I like <laughs> that, Criminal you. Records Management. I mean, I think what's really interesting in, in there, because because one of the things in, you know, when I knew he was going to come on and be a guest, one of the things in the, in the back of my mind as a question was going to be, is ransomware still a thing? Because I think we, we still, we often run the risk in IT where we'll talk something to death yeah. and, you know, people keep hearing it and eventually people kind of go deaf to the fact that you're talking mm-hmm. about these things. And it's interesting that, that you know, what what a multifaceted problem this is in terms of, you know, it's not just data getting encrypted, as Jason said before, you know, and as you were saying, it's not just that, it's the fact that it's getting done, it's getting extorted. There's professional gangs at the end of that. And you know, I know we've you've shared some great stories before about how these gangs are able to spend time re- doing reconnaissance across mm-hmm. an environment and then using the information they've learned there that when companies are trying to negotiate um, negotiate some kind of settlement, are using information they found to, to get an idea. Oh, yeah. So, but, but, you know, looking at this kind of multifaceted problem, you know, what, what are the kind of areas that organisations are struggling with when it comes to dealing with ransomware? You know, what, what are the kind of potential ransomware attack vectors that, that people should know about okay. and, and how are organisations dealing with it? Okay, so there's essentially, if you boil it all down, there's really two methods of attacks, just holistically speaking. But, um, you know, specifically with ransomware, I guess the two elements are the human element, so the people problem, and then the technology problem. And at the moment, from memory, most ransomware is still associated with a technology problem. And that's generally a vulnerability. So the organization hasn't applied a patch. They haven't put the right security measures in place. Cyber criminals find a loophole and they're in. But the human element is the one that I find really interesting because as we get better at defending um, organizations and as technology you know, goes further and further, all of a sudden the human being is now the really interesting vector. Okay, because we're all ultimately speaking emotional beings. And if you apply the right amount of pressure or you create the right context, people will do the craziest of things. All right. So the social engineering aspect becomes really key. And if you can exploit the vulnerabilities in the human, then that's another way of getting into the organization. And I guess they're potentially the easier targets, aren't they? You know, kind of vulnerabilities and breaching some kind of software and the security that goes with it must be often so much harder than breaching the human element, which is you know why yeah. we still see phishing attacks as such a such a prevalent attack vector. Absolutely, yeah. So you can, in an ideal world, you'd be patching, right? And there's a technology measure that solves that problem if you've got the time to apply it. That's a whole other conversation. But the humans, you unfortunately, it's not like the Matrix. You don't want to have USB sockets on the back <laughs> and we can't download information into people to tell them not to do stuff. So training them is is really challenging and the problem is that you need to do consistent training because the, the crims of if you think about the basic scams they've moved on massively right there used to be a time when you'd get an email saying you've got a rich uncle and they've passed away and give me your bank details i'll give you five million and we, you've all smiled there because you know yeah that's not a reality 
We've all received that email. Yeah, I think. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that doesn't obviously that approach doesn't work anymore. Yeah. But and now I've, I've sent that email. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Did it work? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've still not been paid. No, but no. It's, it's quite interesting that though, isn't it? Because when when you look at trying to breach a technology, it's it can be quite a technical thing. Mm -hmm. You know, hacking. You know, we see it on the films, and there's PowerShell script running everywhere. And you know, you look at it and you think, well, that that takes a certain certain skill set. Mm -hmm. But being able to craft an email that tricks someone into doing something. It's a different skill set. It's probably not as as difficult as the technology side. Not sure. Not necessarily as difficult, but it's definitely set different disciplines. And yeah. we know a lot about cyber criminal organisations and their structure, um, thanks to Conti essentially falling apart and having a very public disagreement. Yeah. And all that information came out about how they're structured. And they do actually have different departments. So you've got your social so, engineering so department. So this is the criminal gangs that go out and do ransomware. Mm -hmm. They're structured exactly like an organisation, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. So you've got you've got different groups or even different gangs that specialise in different areas, yeah. and and there is definitely a social engineering department. And okay. what they would be doing is is looking online, trying to work out who's a good victim, what's the structure of the organisation, who's in charge, and then finding as, as much as they can. Um, about that person and their reality so that it can create a phishing attack that, that fits yeah. their reality, right? So simple example, the CEO plays golf at the local golf club and, you know, we're going to create an email from We got from one there. yesterday from FD sending me an email um, saying um, it was an email from Phil to me um, talking about the bank balance and cash flow and, and kind of like they have to be watching what we're doing to kind of, you know, the link and the dots, aren't they, mm -hmm. essentially? Or AI is, maybe. Doing their that, that's, that's a whole yeah. other conversation <laughs> in itself. But but at the, at the moment, the vast majority of that is where the cyber criminals are effectively, they call it open source reconnaissance or open source intelligence. And that's a euphemistic way of saying they're essentially stalking you. So, I mean, the audience should be quite mindful about the things that you put online because every scrap of information you put out there could be used against yeah. you. And that could be really innocent things. Like if you if you create a job advert on LinkedIn because you need a new person in your IT department, if you say, I need skills in this type of server and we're running SQL version, blah, 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 what you're effectively doing is giving the criminals a hit list because you've just told them what you've got in your organization, right? And you wouldn't necessarily join the dots together and think, actually, I'm exposing the organization to a vulnerability, but there's a prime example. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, there's obvious stuff as well, like what you put on social media is, is you know, or having your privacy settings properly, right? Because we still see so many people that have passwords that relate to their pet's name or their football team and what's and so the kind of things that you put out there again like i said you've got to be mindful that like, all that stuff can be used against you yeah so so john i mean, so, I mean this has been great I mean, it's, it's fascinating stuff you know and, and, and the complexity and you know and the multifaceted nature of the problems that, that businesses are facing so so for part one of this chat john that that's been great you know thanks thanks for joining us so in part two we're going to talk a little bit more about how we start to plan for and deal with those problems you know both from a technology and, and a people perspective um, so if you want to find out about how we deal with some of the problems, if John scared you enough uh, with what he's told you so far, then do join us next week for part two of this conversation. But for now, John, Jason, Wayne, thanks very much. And I uh, hope you've enjoyed this week's Tech Takeaways. And of course, don't forget you can find us in All Good Homes of Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, thanks for watching.